to the show everybody welcome back welcome oh back. my gosh pete <laughs> are you excited for this one i'm excited, excited for this you're movie excited. i think you are. and you probably have a pretty good idea what we're doing well, with I mean, the imperial team song <laughs> playing right now everybody out there listening my name's pete and i'm scott and, and these, these are, are the, the movies, movies that made us gay yes indeed pete yes we have a very special guest in a Amazing movie yes, to talk about indeed, today. Indeed, both. We had Thomas Decker over to watch Jawbreaker from 1999, directed and written by Darren Stein. Yes, indeed. Thomas, yes. welcome to the show. Hello. Welcome, <laughs> welcome. This is, is very exciting to meet you and to have you on. Oh my gosh. Thomas, you've worked with Gregor Rocky. <laughs> Do you know how I fucking have, cool yes. that is for our show? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, it's a thrill to be here. I Thank think you. it's been a long time coming. I mm. love your show. Thank you so much. Yeah, we were just talking about uh, uh, Doom Generation yes. a minute ago. Mm-hmm. It's like, how have we not gotten to Doom yeah. Generation yet? We love mm-hmm. oh Greg. God, we love movie, Rose. That, I know. Yeah. So, But this movie, Jawbreaker, I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, definitely one of those movies that I had always intended to do a Jawbreaker episode from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, of course. It fits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. To me. Absolutely. Um, so Scott, what what uh, what stats do you have about Jawbreaker? When I mean, this movie Jawbreaker. It, Jawbreaker debuted at Sundance January of ninety nine, mm-hmm. and went on to be released nationwide February nineteenth, nineteen ninety nine. Twenty three years ago to the day that we're recording this episode. <laughs> wow, that's insane. which we did. I didn't even know until <laughs> we were accident. watching the movie, and I was yeah. like, "Holy shit!" Like this movie we, came out today. That's so February nineteenth. Wow, so nuts. Yeah. 23 years. 23 years ago. piece of art was released Absol- into the cosmos. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, the, the crazy thing about this movie is that, you know, 99, right? I mean, this was released the same month as She's All That and Varsity Blues, which is wild. <laughs> when you just well, sort of compare those three movies. Yeah. I remember so, for some reason, that period, like mm-hmm. 99, 98, I was, I think I was 10 or 11, and I was mm-hmm. just obviously consuming like everything on yeah. a really high level right and i watching jawbreaker again i was thinking of all the movies of that period that i was obsessed with like it was urban legend and i know what you uh. did last summer and idle hands and she's all that and can't hardly wait and i mean the <laughs> list goes on and on and on the faculty and like scream yes. and it's enormous yes. but jawbreaker is in its own spot it's in its own kooky universe mm-hmm. oh absolutely yeah the, the, the queerness i mean only a gay man could like write and bring forth this movie into the world mm-hmm. <laughs> and the brilliant gay man at yeah ab- absolutely we'll get to Darren later. yes indeed <laughs> but you know the thing about this movie it's like much like something like clueless it 
really exists in its own like bubble of yeah. nobody looked like that, nobody dressed like that, nobody talked like that. But we still love it. We still identify it with this point in time. It is so '90s, but it's actually not '90s at all. Like mm-hmm. in some ways. But it just that's what just makes it so great. Is yeah, it is so of the period, but it's kind of timeless. Yes, yeah. yeah. These these crazy Mm -hmm. costumes, and I mean, for you know, for me, um, at the time when I originally watched it, I know, and I can say this now that I didn't really appreciate it for what it was because Mm -hmm. I just really didn't get it. I was just like, they are thirty. First of all. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. what are these outfits no, you know pumps in the high school hallways like come on i was just so like you know trying to be like cool like breaking it down that i was just not understanding that it you know it's a fantasy it's a fantasy and yeah four, four years earlier i was eaten up clueless but this time i was like oh no turning my nose down at it just going it's too much and you know what it was to me at the time was I think I was being snobbish because of the inevitable Heather's comparisons. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. which we have to talk about mm-hmm. the Heather's comparison. Um, it's there. I see it. But even at the time, I was like, well, it's no Heather's. But it's not trying to be. It never no, was trying to be. I think to it's be. totally its own thing. It's yeah. very different. And mm-hmm. the, the prime difference also, and what's beautiful about Jawbreaker, is that there is not a man. Yeah. Unlike Heather's, there is not a man in the mix of all this insanity. Mm-hmm. It's all girls. Yeah. It's like purely like Yeah, yeah. You could say that Heather's was more about I'm not saying Heather's is that by the way. Don't no. don't don't, don't miss yeah, of course, of course. You could say that it's about the you know the love story between Winona Ryder and Christian Slater, mm-hmm. but also he is kind of like this spark that's kind of starting off all of this like you know crazy stuff at the school between these girls. But you're right in this movie, it's just these crazy girls in this clique doing there is no external spark it's just kind of like the the latent evil of courtney shane yeah (laughs) in this group and how it comes to pass it's all courtney's crazy just i i am wearing my courtney shane t-shirt i killed the teenage dream uh we went to the anniversary screening and night at queen kong Back in 2019. 2019 yeah. And they had like a big Jawbreaker drag show. And Darren complimented my, t- my t-shirt. The <laughs> well, Jawbreaker I to, t-shirt. I have, t- I have to say like my specific weird relationship with – because I grew up obsessed with Jawbreaker. Mm-hmm. And then I, in my very early 20s, I met Darren and was a complete, pure – insane fangirl like i met i met him and i i think i just quoted the movie for like five hours like a lunatic but we ended up becoming friends and then he produced a movie i did for peaches christ in san francisco and that's another kind of cult crazy thing and so it's really weird now that i have this friendship with darren and i love him dearly but i'm also like rewatching this movie it just reminds me what a kind of legendary piece it is and like you know, the lollipop scene, like that was in a mainstream <laughs> yeah. teen-oriented mm-hmm. movie in Ow. the 90s, like where he suck. I mean, it's pretty ballsy. Yeah. I can't really point to another mainstream teen movie that got that kind of a level of yeah. shit in there. Absolutely. <laughs> and just Darren's story is so interesting. Like how old was he when he directed this movie? Oh I God, think so he was young. probably like yeah. 24, 25 yeah. at most. And yeah. he'd already made a whole feature before it. Called <laughs> Sparkler, Sparkler, right? With, with Jamie Kelsey. Kennedy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's amazing. Darren's amazing. But, but anyway, yeah. that's the movie. <laughs> and just like, I know that he said at the anniversary screening that this started out as sort of 
a project at Sony and Columbia and TriStar that was meant to be direct-to-video, and they just sort of fast-tracked it to be theatrical, I mm-hmm. think, as they were making it. Okay. Yeah. That it just okay. sort of became this major movie. So, yeah. yeah, he's a very lucky guy that he got a crazy type of movie like this made. Right. But maybe that speaks to why the spirit of it feels mm-hmm. so kind of transgressive and independent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In this kind of mainstream packet. That makes sense. I didn't actually know that. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think that he mentioned that in the Q&A. I just, uh, I just remember going back again to the time frame that this movie came out. You know, I had been kind of mesmerized under Rose McGowan's spell for so long mm. because of, you know, Doom Generation and then she and then Scream obviously. And now this comes out and I'm just like she's the girl. And you know, Walking around the mall and seeing these ads of her for BB in this like red dress. Oh, this, I remember like, that yeah. leopard. <laughs> you know, leopard nighties for BB, and they're just so dramatic and beautiful. And and that's the girl. And I would remember telling people, you know, like, oh, she's she's in Doom Generation. She's in, you haven't seen it. You haven't seen this movie, Doom mm-hmm. Generation. It's great. You need to you need to go find it. Go rent it. You know. And I just felt, thought that I was so cool because I you know. Knew that I was this early adopter of like Rose McGowan, and then you know she you were there from the ground up. That exactly, was like the very first thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and um, and this movie just kind of solidified that style, that delivery mm-hmm. of hers. It's just like she has some oh, great wow. monologues in this movie. I feel like given the wrong actress, they would just be like you know eye roll, but she just knocks them out of the park. Yeah. Well, I, in my in my opinion. Uh, you know, I've seen this movie a thousand million billion trillion <laughs> yeah. times, but rewatching it, it has been a spell. Like I haven't seen it for, mm-hmm. you know, hadn't seen it for quite some time. And I think <clears throat> actually the thing that's kind of restunned me the most is just how amazing Rose is yeah. in this mm-hmm. movie. Like, yeah, obviously it is so Darren's movie. It's his writing. It's it's all of that. But I can't imagine Jawbreaker. It's not just like, oh, I can't picture it with another actress, but it's like the whole world of the movie yeah. is, you know, she's so in tune with it. And she just, every time she's on screen in this such a great way, she just consumes everything. And uh, oh, yeah. I think she's amazing in it. Yeah, definitely. Um, what I picked up on in this last viewing for the first time, I don't know how I never picked up on it before, was uh, the connections to Carrie yeah. and Greece. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think just the idea of, I mean, obviously the, these actresses, like I said, are in their tales, tales, oldest time in teen movies that <laughs> yeah. you cast actors in their late twenties or thirties to play young people. And yeah, myself included. <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I thought that I had read that Rachel Lee Cook was in there for the, um, I think it was for Rebecca Gayhart for the Rebecca Gayhart mm-hmm. role. Yeah. And, in 1999, Rebecca, uh, Rachel Lee Cook kind of passed for a high school yeah. student. So I feel like she would have been out of place with everybody else. She would have looked so young and tiny and vulnerable. Rebecca works um, better opposite yeah. both of them. And I mean, Rebecca Gayhart, that face. It's yeah. like, come on. Those stunning <laughs> eyes. I know. And I mean, I think that the kind of the, the obvious age thing, all of it, the clothes, like you yeah. said, the pumps in that, in just that opening shot. Yes. It's sort of letting you know this is fan, like pure yeah. fantasy. Yeah. This is the movie. <laughs> this is like beyond the Valley of the Dolls for teenagers, <laughs> yeah. which is so cool. 
And knowing, you know, now knowing Darren as well as I do, like he is such a cinema lover. He's yeah. such a film lover. And you saying Carrie and all that, you know, mm-hmm. you should see his, he's got a library in his home of just like every great film. So all those things I think are very purposeful and, and it's part of the reason the movie endures and it's not, you know, just another team. And why it's a cult movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when I saw, um, the parents, William Cat and Cass, PJ Souls, and I didn't even realize it was PJ Souls. And Scott was like, "Oh, and that's PJ Souls as the mom." And I was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" And then we didn't see him again. And there they go. <laughs> They're in for like one shot. Yeah, yeah, there they are, and there they went. Mm-hmm. But- and then in GBF, Darren's mm-hmm. other movie, mm-hmm. Rebecca Gayhart is a parent. She's wow. the mom. That's wow. right. That's mm-hmm. right. Just remember that. Full yeah. circle. That's crazy. <laughs> I hate that when you start seeing actors and you're like, well, I guess they're the parents now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. It's, oh, I think that when we were watching the new Scream movie and Heather Matarazzo came on screen and I could just hear Pete groan, oh my God. I gasped when Heather Heather Matarazzo... is playing when... <laughs> teenagers' parents now in a movie. God. She's no longer in the dollhouse? <laughs> That's no. the thing to me. She's just... She's That's the little always be Dawn. She'll always be Dawn yeah. Wieners and I was just like, oh. My heart broke a little. That's another movie that, man, oh my really goodness. shaked me. Love yeah, love Our it. audience Better cheered when she showed up on screen, too, which kind of warmed my heart. The audience did cheer when she showed up in, in Scream recently when we saw that uh, at the Sunset Five. But, um, yeah, so the those Carrie connections, Grease, Jeff Conaway. And Jeff Conaway in 1999 looked great. He looks yeah. great in this movie. Yeah. It's crazy because yeah. I mean we know you they, know they must have got got him on like sort of a peak yeah yeah instead of a valley so yep. I mean good good for mm-hmm. him that he looks so great and you know one of you know a later role we can remember him looking this way and not on like celebrity <laughs> celebrity rehab all Let's right just remember everybody looking this way yeah. it's a beautiful movie <laughs> exactly uh, <laughs> even even Marilyn Manson I guess well. <laughs> Oof. Oof. Yeah. He looks better than he looks in this movie. God, he's so disgusting in this so movie. So disgusting in this movie. He looks like he looks like the Maitlands when they're trying to scare like when they like yeah. pull their faces. Yes. And like Beetlejuice. 100%. And God, remember that 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 red carpet moment of him and her in uh, that see-through dress. Yes. Like Were they at like the MTV Movie Awards or I something? Think it was at, it was yeah. Either the VMAs or the mm-hmm. Movie Awards. It was I just MTV. remember seeing that as a kid and being like, <gasps> <laughs> How is she wearing this on television? <laughs> yeah. I mean, icon. Rose throughout her whole career has known how to push people's buttons. And that's yes. why she's yeah. so much fun in a role like this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about our our leads. It, you know, it's interesting. Well, it's not interesting. I think we just kind of got used to it in Mean Girls calling them something. The plastics, you know. Like, they don't have, like, a name. The click doesn't have a name. But I guess Mean Girls is really one of the only ones to do it. But I want to talk about the girls in the click. Yes. I mean, we talked we talked about Rose a little bit about Rebecca Gay Hart. The the opening narration from Judy Greer is mm-hmm. pretty great. Flawless four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> flawless totally four. Brutal. There you go. The one we in green. That's four. Courtney. She was the leader. She was like Satan in heels. The blonde Marcy <laughs> Fox, a legend in her own mind, known to herself as Foxy. The leggy one with the pigtails is Julie, doomed to be popular because of that face. What there you a go. Line. There you go. What a line. Well, I mean, what just great <laughs> character sum ups in just like doomed one sentence <laughs> for all three of them. So I don't believe we met with the cruel politics of high school. <laughs> Julie Benz. I want to talk about a little bit. I feel like her character is a little bit more layered than I remember. I feel like yeah. she, there's kind of a lot there. There's kind of a lot going on with yeah. her. Poor Marcy. Poor Marcy. <laughs> <laughs> kind of lapdog of Courtney. Yeah. yeah. 
You know, when we first get introduced to Marcy, I mean, when we first get introduced to all three of them, it's, you know, this like kidnapping situation and they, you know, they find out that, what's her name that died? Elizabeth. Liz Purr. Liz Purr. Also, what a name. Yeah. You're talking about meow. You know, she's so distraught over Liz that her, the first couple scenes with Julie Benz, she's like crying and hysterical and all that. But then when you start to see like the real Foxy just kind of like taking so much pleasure, just laughing yeah. and people's faces and being so flippant with her, with her dad, Jeff Conaway. And you're just like, okay, she, there's more to her than just being kind of like the crazy hysterical one. She's like, she's the one that kind of, she's not as mean as Courtney, but she loves every bit of meanness that mm-hmm. comes out of Courtney, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I think she's been always the girl in the group who's mattered the least to Courtney. Sure. And so once Liz is dead and Rebecca's out of the picture, she's the new, like yeah. partner in crime and she leaps at it and yeah. suddenly you're cause you're right. She suddenly is this like diabolical thing. Yeah. And then of course Courtney just completely throws her away. <laughs> no, it's just, just great too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Rebecca Gayhart is, uh, Julie, Julie, Rebecca Gayhart coming hot off of urban legend. Yeah. Well, which God, she's amazing. Like, oh, I, uh, I mean, her character is pretty much its own. I mean, her hair, her hair. is pretty much her own <laughs> character in that movie. And I feel, I mean, Rebecca committed for this role. She had to wake up early and straighten that hair. The flat every <laughs> single day, she had to flat iron that hair. Those curls, the, that mane. <laughs> oh, God. I remember I saw Urban Legend in the theater and the reveal, I was stunned. Oh, I was shocked. God. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, you know, she kind of is the one that has a little bit of a heart. She's got that mm-hmm. connection. You she know. kind of childhood friend of Liz that mm-hmm. just sort of became in with this group because of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the way that she that she treats Fern. Like, even when Fern shows up at the house later on, she's just like, come on, I'm taking you home. Let's get the hell out of here. She's like, yeah. she's the one that has like the most, you know, head screwed on straight. Um, yes. And then poor Liz Purr, we don't really see too much of her, but I mean, we get this like legendary. We hear good things. We hear great she's very, things she's about very her. Beautiful. Very beautiful. Mm-hmm. This actress is very beautiful. Yeah, that she... shot of her in the pool, mm-hmm. in the like fantasy sequence, is so <laughs> she's beautiful. Yes, yes. And um, I mean, this whole thing about kidnapping each other on their birthdays—wild. Is this real? Who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you didn't do it. <laughs> Oh man! That- I mean, best case scenario, if I'm Liz and I'm surviving this, I'm going to be pissed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seriously, what the fuck, you guys? <laughs> <laughs> to, and, like, were they going to take her to school? It's a school day. I mean, I guess. I mean, they're going out for breakfast, so maybe they were just yeah, going to skip. Gonna, what is it? They're going to tie her to the flagpole and then stuff her face with pancakes. Uh, I think. Okay, <laughs> there you go. So in, we, her, in her panties. So and a this shooting location, we would always get in big debates of if this is the restaurant right next to LACMA and now the Academy Museum that I think that they only use for filming. It is not. It's not that restaurant. It oh. is not that restaurant. That's it amazing. is in Downey. It is a. It was a Bob's Big Boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I wonder if the old uh, drive-in theaters in Downey too, like where Rebecca it's goes. Probably with the, out there. Yeah. Probably, yeah. yeah. Industry or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Good old Downey. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that Bob's Big Boy's still open. You can go there. It looks pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. But um can talk a little bit about Fern. Uh, oh, Fern. Two <laughs> iconic Greers in this movie. 
Judy Greer and Pam and, Greer. And her aunt yeah, Pam. Right. I, and I always kind of forget that Pam, motherfucking Pam Greer is in this movie. Yeah. I know. Foxy Pam Brown. Carol Kane. Like, Carol Kane, yeah. Oh, my God. I forget I want to. I want to go to that high school with, like, <laughs> Carol Kane is your principal. You know, when Ke- Carol Kane's dress at the prom is yeah. everything with that blue rose and the chiffon. Yes. Uh, she she adds such great character work when she buttons up Courtney's uh, – Her little cardigan. Her little cardigan. <laughs> the learning institution, mm-hmm. not a brothel. I think that's maybe, like, my favorite line of the whole movie for some reason. I don't know. They love – No, it's, yeah. real, it's really good. No, but, yeah, you're right. When she starts buttoning up, she's just like, do it yourself. Just do it yourself. <laughs> Yeah. So Fern Mayo, you know, the way she talks about Liz, mm-hmm. her. I mean, am I alone here? Lesbian. Yeah, I'm just a little in love with Liz. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't be? Who who wouldn't be in love with, with her, with Meow? You're talking about Meow? <laughs> <laughs> Liz is the cat's name. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was also like Judy Greer's first thing. That's yeah, I so think crazy. That she, I think she had just graduated acting school, and this was her first paid wow. gig. So wow. I was trying to find out. She mentioned at the Q&A that we were at that she was brought in last minute because they lost the actress or she quit, who was originally oh, cast. And I could not okay. find out who was the original Fern Mayo. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, she lost out. Yeah, she lost out. <laughs> she's like so perfectly cast in it. I mean, obviously now, you know, she's a big thing ever since, yeah. but like she's so well chosen because she's so tall and kind mm. of gangly and awkward and weird that you buy that she'd be fern, but she's also obviously like beautiful and compelling and yes. interesting enough that you'd buy she could be Violet. So she yes. really kind of like in a natural, authentic way, she fits both roles really well. Yeah. I just think she's great in it. It's and, that crazy Tyra Banks like, yeah. it's so wrong, it's right. <laughs> There's something very interesting about her. And that's the thing about Judy Greer. And I can also think of someone like Amy Adams, that we all remember their first movie, like Jawbreaker or Drop Dead Gorgeous. And mm-hmm. you just feel like you've been following them since yeah. the beginning. And that's yeah. what's yeah. really fun about the career of Judy Greer, is we've just been there every step of the way with her. It's true. Yeah. And that- I've met her one brief moment, oh, and she's nice. absolutely lovely. Yeah, it's funny when you said, like, this is her first thing, and I was just thinking, but I just, she's just always been around. She's been America's best friend as long as I can remember. America's best friend. Yeah. America's and best friend or, or mom. Or, yeah, you know, now, mm-hmm. again, now playing the moms, Jurassic World. Yes, and Halloween. And all the, yeah, yeah. yeah. Halloween. Iconic Christmas sweater wear in Halloween. <laughs> That's right, the Christmas yep. cardigan in Halloween. She had to work for two movies. Oh boy! Well, yeah, the the transformation into Violet. I mean, and <laughs> again, that sequence I'm obsessed with. Yeah. her makeover sequence, all that yeah. that's going on, that kookiness. And yeah, it's kooky well, scenes like that. These very like surreal scenes. It's like you're not finding that in a movie like Can't Hardly Wait. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love yeah. it. It's it's like it's like kind of Tim Burtony. It's kind of just like off the wall, kind of John Waters, like thrown in there. Bride of Frankenstein. Bride, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, and it's perfect, and it's not out of place at all. It just fits right in. And again, we 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 have been informed at the beginning of what kind of ride that we're on. So when mm-hmm. we see that, we're not like, what's going on? And yeah. when we see Fern sitting on this Corvette, just like. <laughs> Angeline dancing like Angeline and everybody's just staring at her. She's not doing anything. She's not singing. She's not doing, she's just sitting there. And I love Rose running out from the hallway (laughs) to the, to outside. 
Yeah. It's like, what and the fuck is going the on? Smash into the bathroom. Oh, man. So that is good. That is like, yeah. woo. That she seems business intense. right there. Yeah. I just love the way she just snatches that cigarette out of her mouth, throws it on the ground. I think that whole bathroom scene is one shot. Wow. I have to go so, back yeah. and make sure. Yeah. But I think it's one continuous take, which yeah. is pretty great. Yeah. I always I noticed on this viewing that they replaced the mirror. Cracked. Cracked. So uh, I think that yes. there might be some sort of a cut because it cuts back to the mirror and it's it's yeah, and that it's moment broken. I love that Rose McGowan does this weird thing to Marcy's lipstick yeah. at the end for no reason. She just like cups her mouth and smears it and walks off and it's so great. <laughs> yeah, absolutely so good. I just I, I die when she grabs that cigarette right out of her hand. She just grabs it and throws it on the ground. Doesn't I mean, even I never would, but don't you kind of want to do both those things to somebody? <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> Courtney Shane, like there's a part of me that's like, ugh. I just want to shake the shit out of people sometimes. <laughs> just pull the thing right out of their mouth. Uh, shove, them in the, shove them into a mirror. Yeah, I mean, Courtney's See, kind there's of... There's a little bit of Courtney in all yes, of us. Yes, that's, that's mm-hmm. what I was going to say. She's, there's, <laughs> we have a little inner Courtney. <laughs> you once spoke of ammo, ammunition, if I'm correct. And I don't know why, but it really struck me. Well, the last few weeks, it's all come clear. And on a clear day, baby, you can see tomorrow. Excuse me? I've got the power. Her name's Sweet Liz, remember? Your bloated boo-boo. I'll fucking shred you, you whore. And I'll tell a secret. Do tell, dear. But don't be surprised when they laugh in your face. Cruz has a suspect in custody. It ain't me. I know the truth. I know what really happened, Courtney. I made you. And I can break you just as easily. I mean, I think, like, honestly, like, part of the reason why I, I love this movie so much in the way, in the realm of that, what this show's about is, like, for me specifically, I think as a little queer boy, there was, I was kind of craving darkness and edge. Yeah. And, like, that's just how I'm made up as a person. And so to get mm-hmm. this kind of shiny, teen, colorful package, but that really has this kind of in a great way nastiness to it yeah. and this darkness and this sort of the viciousness of puberty and the politics of it all and i don't know it, it really spoke to me certainly more than any of the kind of shinier happier lighter right. fair of the, the variety i guess yeah so i remember my local i'm from a very small town and i remember our local movie theater had a poster for this movie up this movie was never going to step foot within like thousands of miles from where i came from but i remember our movie theater had a poster of jawbreaker and i was familiar with rose and i was like what is this movie what beautiful colors these beautiful women like these are not high school girls these are women women yeah (laughs) Yeah. and that was one of the big things that i was fascinated with of like what is this movie this is probably never going to be playing in our small town. And I remember our video store, when it did come out on VHS, had one copy for the one? entire town. And whenever I would go in, it would always be out. Aww. And I think that I had to get it set aside. Aww. There. <laughs> the, like, set aside the copy of Drawbreaker, our single copy of Drawbreaker for Scott. And then I ended up um, just buying it. Yeah. There was like one other like gay dude in your town probably that was just renting it every week. Yeah, so like, say. and I'm mm-hmm. gonna watch it again. <laughs> I remember ordering the soundtrack from a 
store. Like you had to, I went into a music store and was like, I yeah. want the soundtrack and you have to wait two weeks for it to show uh, up love on it. CD. You know, we were talking about the soundtrack before too. I bought, and I, I bought the soundtrack at Hastings Music <laughs> when I was a oh, kid. Really? Yeah, at, at a Hastings. In, in, uh, in where? In Lu- Think in, in Great Falls, Great like a hundred miles away from my town. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's where we had to go to get the good soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Imperial Teen, uh, Baruch Assault. Shampoo. Yeah. <laughs> um, like there's so many. Letters to bands. Cleo. Definitely yeah. had yeah, a moment at this time. The crazy thing about Jawbreaker is that like the song's soundtrack is fabulous, but then the score is yeah. also amazing. And I think that just came out on a coll- – like the, the original score came out on like a collector's edition. Did they do like a vinyl for it? Mm-hmm. Like okay. a few months ago, I think, and I really want to buy it. Oh, that's <laughs> I mean, Darren yeah. kind of lucked out with this song. That like it just perfectly places you in the tone of this movie, and you can yeah. do it with a single song. Like, do you know how many like teen movies would kill to have a theme <laughs> like this? Yeah, that, yeah like yeah. movies try to make moments like this work, and it usually doesn't. It usually doesn't mm-hmm. happen now. Yeah, yeah. It's iconic. Yeah. It's just... And, you know, yeah. the other cool thing about Imperial Teen is that, like, there's, you know, there's women in the band. There's two guys. There's two girls. You know, the front man or, like, the lead, like, male singer is, like, he's queer. You know, I think the girls are mm-hmm. as well. And so at the time, in 99, for me, you know, in college, just being like, there's this band. They have a legit song that's being played on K-Rock in L.A. And there's a queer dude fronting this band singing the song. And they're playing it on MTV. And I was just like, I need to be where this is. Mm-hmm. And I went out and I got the Imperial Teen CD. Not the soundtrack of the movie, but the Imperial Teen CD. And um, I... I have friends who are musicians and were in bands at the time and they kind of thought that the band was a little gimmicky because they would like switch instruments for different songs and stuff. And I was like, it doesn't matter. You guys just need to know <laughs> that there's like a gay dude. They're super in this. cool. They're fucking cool. <laughs> Get over your cool selves and okay. just like go with me to the shows. But it just meant like it was just that extra element of like how cool is this band you know in the 90s like coming out of grunge and how hyper masculine rock can be you know to have like queer mm-hmm. people like represented and then also the um over the opening credits you get that great veruca salt song yep and not that- on the soundtrack sadly oh okay mm-hmm. no i know that used to happen all the time. It's been a it's weird rights nuts. thing. You yeah, get the soundtrack for songs, and then they what wouldn't the be there. But I suppose it's all legal. Shit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but you know, that's another great band. It's like female fronted. These two girls who could a shred on their guitars, man. Like, and that's another thing. My guy friends, I would be like, you can't say shit about Veruca Salt being a girl band because. You can't even solo like this. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. <laughs> the Donnas or another the good. Don- yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So this, and again, at a time when uh, in teen movies they would often just throw in kind of like an indie, an indie I can't band remember, to play the prom. I mean, is it Letters to Cleo? Like Cleo, that's in Ten Things I Hate About You at the Prom. I can't remember. Letters to Cleo are playing on the roof yeah. of the school at the end that's of Ten right. Things I Hate About You. <laughs> and they Letters to Cleo also has a big one in the craft. Man, they were all. Yeah, over. that's right. Yeah, they were having a moment. I kind of yeah. love that though. We don't really have like soundtracks aren't really a thing anymore. Like, aren't I mean, they, it was kind of at a time with movie marketing. Where you could just market Giants. your movie. I mean, you could just like put the soundtrack in a Sam Goody or a Music Land, and it just helped market <laughs> your movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and also tie in videos. That's kind of not really 
And also it was pre-internet when it was much harder to find music. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. movies introducing – like I remember all the early Gregoraki stuff. Yeah. So much of that was like discovering the bands oh, that yeah. he had in all those movies. I it mean, was totally. kind of so much about the music. I mean isn't the soundtrack to Nowhere partly the reason why you can't go and buy a Nowhere DVD? Yeah. I think it's, it's music. It's the reason. It it's is the reason. We have it on I VHS. Asked, you know that yep. my – like when we were rapping Kaboom – I did this giant painting for Greg as a rap gift and he was like, Oh no, I feel so bad. I have to give you something. What do you want? And I was like, honestly, all I want is a copy of nowhere because I haven't seen it. Cause I can't find it anywhere. And yeah. so he was like, Oh shit. I don't even know where I have one. Oh Lord. That was my deal managed- with nowhere that I like, I knew of it, but I just couldn't get a hold of it. Yeah. yeah it I don't think, nowhere. I don't and think I had found- seen it until I started going out with Pete yeah. and we rented it from Videotech in South Pasadena and we had a VCR what uh, was Greg able to find a copy yeah he print? found some random VHS he had and okay. he like just gave it to me and had like a sticker on it I think I still have it somewhere and a couple of years ago yeah the now Apocalypse premiere I was like why isn't it out on DVD <laughs> like what's going on and it is because of the soundtrack is like Radiohead and all yeah. these giant bands that they do not suede all that yeah yeah Oh, but the shit. Doom Generation soundtrack, like all that early, mm-hmm. oh, love it. Sorry, that's a whole other conversation. Oh, uh, no, it's okay. I have like <laughs> I have it. like two CDs in my car that I actually listen to off CD, and the Nowhere soundtrack is one of is them. One of them, yeah. You know what? I think yep. this is not a joke. I think it might be in my car too. I think I have like five <laughs> little CD boxes in my yeah. console that I never Stuffed look at. In there, and yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I mean, music is used very, very well in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's used in just the right spots and just the right amount. Um, I also love that there's those really cool kind of like 60s, you know, girl, like not girl group, but like I think there's like a Connie Francis song in there. Like when she's mm-hmm. when when Courtney's, you know, seducing, you know, the boyfriend. Lollipop. Yeah, Lollipop. Lollipop. Yep, yep, yep. I was reading that the that the estate of Connie Francis didn't appreciate that too much, oh. and I think that they they took him to court over it, and I think oh. the lawsuit was was like thrown out. Oh, that's too bad. Mm-hmm. I don't think the estate of anybody would approve of that. <laughs> yeah. This is called a big stick. <laughs> I mean, talk about sending young ones mixed messages in that scene. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, so yeah. my elementary school used to sell big sticks for a quarter, and like I remember just at lunch, just. And I can't imagine how many times just I innocently would just go around saying, like, I love big sticks. I'm going to buy a big stick. <laughs> because I did. I really like big sticks. They're good. They're like pineapple flavored. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm speaking purely of the popsicle. I don't know if I've ever had a big stick. I mean, you should go get yourself to your local uh, ice cream shop. <laughs> this actor that plays Dane, Ethan Erickson, I remember being like 13 years old, just being like, so – are people just going to kind of look like this in high school? Is that what high school boys look <laughs> is like? This what, is this what high school boys look like? <laughs> I brought you something sweet. What is it? It's called a big stick. A big stick? Uh-huh. You want it? I want you. And I want you to suck a big stick. Oh, a little sick. I said I could do it with a little kink. Now suck it and see or get the hell out. Why do I look like that? I was also obsessed with fake fake Ethan Hawke in this movie. (laughs) Zach? Chad Christ. Oh, yes. So I think that I once messaged Darren on like Facebook. I was just like, whatever happened to Chad Christ? And he was just, he immediately replied and he's just like, I don't know. 
Aww. We have no idea what happened Aww. to him. Aww. Well, I mean, he he was good in this. He actually played young yeah, Ethan Yeah, he Hawk. was young Ethan Hawke and Gattaca. <laughs> he, I mean... Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah for mm-hmm. a reason. He looks just like him. And Gattaca. I haven't thought of that one in a while. Yeah, I like a, that one. It's a good one. Um, I love that, the character of Zach, though, because he's like... He's kind of like the cool drama guy, but there's the whole like everybody's kind of talk shit behind his back because it's drama and everybody. There's that whole thing of like, well, if he's in drama, he's got to heterosexuality be, gotta, isn't yeah. guaranteed. Yeah, I think that's what yeah. Rose says. <laughs> that's right. But he just plays it as like, I'm I'm just a straight dude who really loves acting, and like, <laughs> I don't know the way yeah. he plays it. It's just like what I'm just the cool. Yeah, he's like, really likable and charming. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I and I, I I like the idea of um of Julie kind of when she gets when she becomes an outcast from from the group, just kind of finding you know she's not just like mm-hmm. sitting alone. I I love when she kind of experiments hanging the, out with the goths. So, <laughs> I love the main goth girl. You got a stillborn. <laughs> oh my god, I love her and the way she dances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's amazing. <laughs> Stirring up the egg yolk with her with her nail. <laughs> There's so many good peripheral high school characters and yeah. actors in the movie, like small, mm-hmm. like they're all kind of wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I always forget that Tatiana Ali is in this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, there's Tatiana. And Ali. that actress who sadly is no longer with us. I don't yes. think who was on, uh, that 70s show. Yeah. And that's, uh, Lisa Robin Kelly. Yes. Yeah. I was like, Oh, there she is. That's Eric Foreman's sister. Mm-hmm. I know her. <laughs> But yeah, she didn't, she showed up towards the end. And getting Pam Greer pretty much right after Jackie Brown. Yeah. I, I mean, know. that's a huge gift for this movie. Well, can you imagine, though, like, reading this script in that era? Like, it's yeah. kind of like, oh, my God, he got Pam Greer. But at the same time, there wasn't material like that right. going around. So right. you jump. Yeah, you know? yeah. Pam probably just wanted to play a badass detective. Okay, so probably if I had any notes for this movie, it would be more scenes with Pam Grew. Yeah. Just yeah. like a little bit more, like one or two more scenes. Mm-hmm. I, I concur on this wholeheartedly. Yeah. yeah. And I wouldn't mind for like a quick pop, if there was some way it worked, seeing Carol Kane's house. <laughs> yes. I don't know where the principal lives. Well, I love her car. <laughs> Her, yeah, like, the car piece, is great. The piece of shit car that's just like rumbling and making all this noise. Her nail <laughs> is a dependable it. young woman. <laughs> You're tardy, of course. <laughs> <laughs> tardy. Um, I love that uh, Pam Greer's character's name is Vera Cruz. Vera, Vera Cruz. It's just that's yeah. just very like John Waters, mm-hmm. just like a just a silly name like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess uh, I guess a lot of the names are kind of silly in this movie. Like Courtney Shane, Elizabeth Purr. Yeah. And yeah. Fern Mayo, of course. Fern- I mean, such a great- <laughs> Mayonnaise. <laughs> but Violet is kind of a great name, actually. The, so- the character progression for Fern and Violet is really fun to just yeah. trace the wardrobe with her of just yeah. where they start with her and just sort of her style journey. We should also mention that the costumes in this movie are, are by Vicki Barrett. And Vicki Barrett was a, an, a wardrobe assistant to Mona May. Which Love it. totally tracks. Yeah. Makes now, and sense. then how weird is this? I did an ABC Family teen movie that Mona May did the wardrobe and the Jawbreaker DP shot. Wow. Love that. Tiny world. Look at that. <laughs> did you have a lot of questions about uh, – did you have a lot of questions about the making of Clueless for, for Mona? For Mona. <laughs> 
No, I was – Mona May was – I remember her very distinctly. She was super nice and super outgoing, but she was so like busy and driven oh, yeah, and everything. Right, yeah. I didn't ask her anything, yeah, but I remember yeah. distinctly. Yeah. So, you know, we, we start off this movie with, you know, the scene of the, the four of them walking down the hallway. And again, we, we've already touched on their wardrobe and how just like obviously this is not high school mm-hmm. appropriate. You see Rose in a lot of reds and purples. Yeah. yeah so they kind of have colors. fun with the coloring. Yeah. They're their signature of colors. All of them. But they also wear a lot of like like uh i'm assuming they're like vinyls or rubbers or like mm-hmm. you know pvc mm-hmm. kind of like skirts not not a lot of stretch in these materials yeah. <laughs> probably hard to sit it's down in the classroom desk but yep. i think with violet is just when it's like all the rules are out the window her wardrobe when she starts getting more and more pink becoming more and more of like the head bitch in charge mm-hmm. her wardrobe is just Beyond nuts, and I love it. It's like pink and red. Yeah. So it's almost like she's become a combo of Courtney and Elizabeth. And Liz, yes. What does her shirt yeah. say? Like the studded shirt? Bitch. Bitch. She's a bitch. Yeah. yeah. Bitch. <laughs> love it. Like, yeah, her license plate is bitch. Yeah. Uh, so good. I love that this boy gives her a car. Yeah. Just yeah. on the merits of her, like, making yeah. out with him under the. I mean, probably doing a little bit more than making out underneath that yeah. car, but just hands her the keys. Take my it. favorite <laughs> weird, funny moment of like, oh my God, are you kidding me? I love this movie so much. It is a tiny thing that I guarantee you nobody else would mention. <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's after Violet has been outed for being firm, mm-hmm. right? And then there's the big kind of plug it up scene in the hall. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that when Julie and Zach find her. Yes. She's lying in the middle of the hallway, covered in like trash, and yeah. not one school no. attendant has come to check on her, help her. <laughs> not an adult in sight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> head head wound. Good. Yeah, head wound. Yeah. But they're like, no, leave her on the floor. Yeah. Who cares? But it's just so good because it's like, yeah, that's what the movie is. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, it's playing by its own rules. And, and covered yeah. covered in the in the posters. Yeah. That look like garbage. So she looks like you know a vagrant <laughs> homeless person covered yeah. in new, newspapers. In, in tattered images of her former yes, self. Yes, yes. Which, Sad by the herself. by the way, you know, we don't really know what these girls, um, like what their parents do or anything like that, but I'm just assuming that they're wealthy. <laughs> I mean, does, <laughs> does Courtney even have parents? Does Courtney even have does parents? Does she even have parents? She's like having sex with her boyfriend in her Courtney's own home. the only one whose parents we don't see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, right? um, I mean, I'm assuming she just has a credit card so she can go to Kinko's and have the stack of posters. She yeah. killed her parents. She killed them. Probably. Took, took the money and ran. Yeah. <laughs> and didn't run. She, she has a wealthy uncle that school. just pays the mortgage. A benefactor, yep. if you will. Right. Yeah, but I, I I just love Courtney like showing up at like you know fe- you know FedEx office max. <laughs> I'm gonna need like- <laughs> three hundred copies, please, various sizes. Oh my god, yeah, you're right. <laughs> there were huge posters when he was pulling them off of her. They were like full on like <laughs> movie theater poster size. I'm like, oh, these are giants. Um, her like fern mugshot. Yes, like, yeah, the fern yearbook mugshot. photo. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. Yeah, but fern but Fern's wardrobe journey is. Absolutely incredible. Just because by by the end when she's in the Corvette and and I think she's just in that last scene where she falls and gets the head wound. I think Mm -hmm. she's pretty much her top is pretty much a bra. Yeah. Or like a bikini bikini top with a a sheer like a sheer cardigan. over. Well, and then (laughs) after those scenes, when they uh, 
kind of get her when they get Courtney at the prom, they mm-hmm. kind of revert back to her idolizing Liz. Because I think that they sort of style her. Yeah. Yeah. From her prom dress Liz. is a lot more sweet yeah. than, than what we've seen of her previously. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the, so the actress who is Liz, I was going to say, she doesn't even get any lines. I wish we could see more as I'm watching the movie. I'm thinking, I wish there was more of like Liz before, because it just starts off. Boom. Like this movie starts. It is like, Mm -hmm. it starts off at a 10. Right. And we don't get to see a lot of this, but I think there's enough of her kind of like peppered throughout the movie that we kind of get a little bit of feel for her, but she doesn't really say anything other than. Her recorded mm-hmm. birthday card, mm-hmm. where she's like screaming. <laughs> what are you I doing? feel almost like it's better that way because if yeah. you knew her as a person, the whole thing would lose its That's kind of. True, Liz is sort of yeah. meant to. She Liz like is sort of meant thing. to be this blank slate. It would become too, too dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I like yeah, we that. don't. We don't want to love her. Yeah, that'd be sad. <laughs> Played by um, Charlotte Ayana, and Charlotte Ayana is from Puerto Rico. Okay, Latina. You oh, better love it. You better work. You better work, Liz. Yep. She's beautiful. She really talks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that scene though, where they open the trunk and the jawbreaker is in her throat. It's oh, like, that shot. Looks it's so good though. Yeah. No, it's yeah. good. It's scary, but it just looks like oh my god. That's and the whole kidnapping sequence is really well done too. And it's like I remember when I first saw the movie, I thought it was going to be like more of a horror, like because it's done right. so eerily, like the whole thing. And then yeah. It's really well shot, this movie, too. Yeah, it's I was like going to say, this movie choice. looks pretty luxe. Like, it looks like there was money yeah. spent, and money well spent, because probably it didn't have a big budget, maybe a little over $3 million, which, wow. I mean, they definitely made it look pretty good. Yeah. He's, a, he's got vision. Yeah. You can make something look amazing with no money if you have vision. It's just very few people seem to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, wait a minute. This is a lady DP. Oh, Amy Vincent. Yes, I love that. She shot <laughs> yes. um, Hustle and Flow and Black Snake Moan. So interesting. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, she's she's mm-hmm. uh, she's great. <laughs> so, okay. So is the whole thing, though, which I kind of didn't pick up on, is that Dane that she does the big stick scene with, that was Liz's boyfriend? Before she I thought died. it was Courtney's boyfriend. I always just thought was it was Courtney's, just boyfriend. Courtney's boyfriend. Oh, yeah, okay. I was... think it's just Courtney's. Because okay. I think cause Liz doesn't have one, right? And that's why they're trying to like make up that she was... Oh, oh yeah. this like, yeah, wild yeah. sex life. And... Okay. And Dane is the guy that she takes... That ultimately becomes prom king. Yeah. Yes. Okay. All right. All and right. then he... Storms off stage, fails on her. Mm-hmm. Courtney's outed. <laughs> yeah, 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 um, yeah. That's that. The scene, the the big stick scene, is pretty iconic. It's crazy, but it also speaks to the the whole idea, like we were saying, of of Courtney not having any parents. Courtney's bedroom, <laughs> like the production design of oh, Courtney's bed. Room. Oh my god, it's a little Madonna in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that room. Yeah. I love all. I love Julie's room too. It's so 90s yes. in a great way. Yeah, Julie's room is very – yeah, it's very 90s. It's very, like, poppy. Love that. Um, it's like Harriet the Spy almost. Oh, my God. It was, like, yes. That was kind of similar color palette. Harriet Spy's <laughs> loft that she lived in. <laughs> yeah. God, I wanted to live in that movie as a little kid. So I was like, everything looks so fun. I remember mm-hmm. she goes to that weird, like, garden of 
sculptures and I said, I want to do this. <laughs> Harriet the Spy, that was an old one. Yeah, and Michelle Trachtenberg is around my age, kind of t- tangent, but we're around the same age, and I remember sort of like seeing Michelle Trachtenberg in that movie and just being like, she's my age. That could be me. That could be me. <laughs> I could yeah, do that. I did the same thing. <laughs> she has my yeah. career. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, who who wouldn't want to like live that life of like Harriet the Spy mm-hmm. and have and have Roe as your and have Rosie O'Donnell yeah. you to bed? Come on, your aunt <laughs> was that her aunt? No, she was just it's, golly. She was just the nanny. <laughs> nanny. The nanny. Yeah. Okay. I've, and quits. I haven't read those books in a while. Oh. <laughs> so okay. Well, so yeah, we do get a little bit of their parents because uh, Julie's mother gives her the box of like. The box of, of stuff. Yeah. Kind of the remnants. clearly very intense and overbearing and <laughs> overly concerned. But it's always done in this kind of like subtle way. Like she's, you know, she's just always like fawning over her and poor Rebecca Gayhart's like, yeah, I got, yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's coming from it of like her friend died. So exactly. she's like, you know, we, we don't want to. We don't but want even to that is it. kind of like a, a, a more of a like Todd Salonzi way of going in. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Than like a normal '90s teen movie where it's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, you're absolutely, you're absolutely. Right. <laughs> yeah, so like the caring, kind mom is annoying, right? Like, that right, says right. a lot about the mm-hmm. perspective of Jawbreaker. <laughs> yeah, well, we get a lot in the of the same in the the Jeff Conaway scene. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and we we learn that he's like a single father, and he's just like. You know, at, at first he's he's sounding a little overbearing, but she's coming off real bad the way she treats her dad. Yeah. But then, you know, when he's like, oh, I was watching Oprah, and you're like, all right, here we go. He's a nerd. But then he straight up tells her, I think you're a follower. And I'm like, damn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Just come out and say it. Damn. That's like. And I love when he sings Tiffany. Yeah. <laughs> that's just great. Yeah, that's amazing. Took her to a Tiffany concert when, there, when she was a kid. Love that, but yeah, it's it's interesting the parents that we do see, and yeah, the um, I mean, kind of a connection to Heather's of that. Whenever you see the adults, they don't know what the universe of Heather's. They're yeah. they're kind of all fucking idiots, Just clueless. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Vera Cruz is not clueless. She knows. Her, what, she knows what's her going scenes on. with Rose are really good. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole interrogation sequence is great. Just because both of those. Actresses just have such a presence about them that you can just tell that they're just trying to one up each other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love that when, you know, she says, like, my name is Detective Vera Cruz. You can call me Vera. And she goes, okay. Yeah. Okay, Vera. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. I'd say like 90% of the way Rose delivers her lines in this movie is not the way most people would choose to <laughs> deliver their lines. Like mm-hmm. it's an, it's just an amazing thing to watch. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is her take. Yeah. And Cor- it works. And Courtney as a character is very well under pressure being interrogated that she knows that she can't overly bullshit this woman of that when she gets out the jawbreaker and she's just like, sure, it's a jawbreaker. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yes, I've seen one. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't she say something early in the movie about like thinking on your feet or just like, I think yeah. she says something to Julie about like, that was really good. On your toes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying you're in total control. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because that's it too. When she's when she says, "Yeah, that was really good." She's like, "What do you mean?" Yeah, what do you mm-hmm. mean? Yeah, so you can see how she'll just like turn on you like in a second. And then she's like, "Oh, I know." I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Because she at first she was just like, no, I'm not going to be the mom. Like, but then she just okay, whatever, whatever it takes. She can she can roll with it. Yeah, I know. I feel like Courtney would have if she hadn't been outed at the prom, she'd be a major politician. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Um, I, can we talk a little bit about Courtney's like crazy metallic hair wrap? Mm. In, at the prom. Yes. Now I know a little insider thing about that. I, I believe I could be wrong, but okay. I think that was like that was kind of designed very last minute. I think okay. if I remember correctly, because every every look was sort of really you know predetermined. Yeah. And then I think her iconic headpiece was kind of a last minute thing that they mm-hmm. did. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, and it's amazing. It's it's great. Uh, Julie Benz has. Crimped hair. Yeah. Uh, Rebecca yes. Gayhart has blue roses in her hair. Got ready at a moment's notice, too. It got ready at a moment. Yeah. <laughs> she, she really did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was just like, I got this laying around. Yep. <laughs> she and Violet both were like, all right, we can yeah. do this 10 yeah. minutes. Violet's hair now, it almost has like a little French twist going on. So it almost indicates that like some time has passed a little bit longer. And then, yeah, uh, Courtney has the cool like... You know. I love Violet's prom dress. Actually, that kind of the Little pink. Mermaid, the Little Mermaid dress. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mermaid yeah. tail. Fish she's tail. so tall. It just like yeah. You really good. see like how like tall and kind of like this this body that like Judy Greer yeah. is just yes. like okay yeah yeah clothes look clothes, it's like it kind of sucks but clothes kind of look better on like those <laughs> those model proportions <laughs> on that body. yeah uh huh. <laughs> Uh, although it's, it's Courtney's curves in this movie, <laughs> oh like Rose's, oh I mean, oh, she's that shot of her when she's picking up Vincent at the bar and it's behind her and it's like she's the, in the corset, the yeah. laced and the red corset. Like, mm-hmm. latex. Skirt. Oh, yeah, yes, that is, yes. And you don't even see her face, <laughs> but it's like you know that that that's Rose. That's yeah, like, it's no. super effective. <laughs> they didn't use a they didn't use a stand-in for that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You're not like is that Julie Benz? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's, yeah, yeah. So Courtney's crazy idea of just like, I got it. We're going to make it look like she was I mean, assaulted. It's so mm-hmm. fucked up. Yeah. It's so <laughs> dark. So, so first it's fucked up enough that it's like, this is their friend. And she's like, oh, should I like, what about her panties? Rip them. Rip them. So like, and then oh, the way she's like, what is she? Someone is like, should we do this? And she's like, no time. No time. But yeah. She would love to, mm-hmm. clearly. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's all fucked up enough. But then she comes up with this crazy story about how Liz is a sex fiend mm-hmm. and she picks up strange men and all that stuff. But really, Courtney goes out and does it. Then she fucks this dude on the bed. Yeah. With the yeah. body with under the, the body bed. Underneath yeah. It. I, uh. mean, I know. That's the, it's those moments where you're like, TriStar didn't like. They were given a lot of leeway with this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Mark a page and be like, "Hmm, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it also just makes you think that it was at a time where they just gave them this pretty small budget and we're just like go make your movie we're we're worrying we're like sure we have other movies on our mind right now yeah mm-hmm. well if it initially was intended to be direct to video then maybe all that stuff in the script just got grinned that a lot easier if yeah it's like that'll just be on shelves you know we don't have to worry about a release i think but... a lot of the like most beloved cult movies are a result of a project kind of coming from independent minded mm-hmm. roots mm-hmm. And sort of somehow being released as a mainstream movie, but the studio is still kind of scared of it. So it's the same thing that kind of happened with Rocky Horror. It happens yeah. with all the most beloved 
So they land in this way where everybody knows about it because it was released in a mainstream manner, yeah. but everyone who digs it loves it for its independent transgressive spirit. So yes. you kind of mm-hmm. – it's a Jawbreaker is one of them to me. Yeah, yeah, which kind of leads me to another angle that we haven't talked about uh, of this movie is that critically when it was released mm-hmm. – not liked. Not did not do well. Yep. <laughs> no. Nope. But its legacy nope. has far outlived the zero stars that Roger Ebert gave it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Roger Ebert also gave the Doom Generation zero stars. True. Sure. Yeah. And I love Roger Ebert. <laughs> no, but yeah, he doesn't same. dig. He hates Wild at Heart. He hates a Clockwork Orange. He yeah. hates a lot of great, you know. Yeah, stuff. <laughs> same. I mean, Scott, we're a big like Roger Ebert, you know, mm-hmm. fan house here. But it's like, yeah, so certain things just did not jive well with him. A and man from a different time. Yeah, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. So, I mean, this movie got, you know, it was poorly critically reviewed, but just audiences. I mean, I, I mean, think it just probably they didn't know what the hell to do yeah. with it. Yeah. At that time, if yeah. you, you know, as we, when we started this thing, we were talking about the massive amount of nineties teen movies yeah. and this thing. So maybe if you thought that it was trying to be, she's all that, right. You really think mm-hmm. would think it's a mess, but of course it's, it's not at all. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and then there were people like me, you know, who came into it just, just with this Heather's chip on their shoulder. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. and I think there was just so much unfair comparison at the time, even though it was, 11 years later and i can say i i don't i i was so out like i have a weird thing where heathers was just before my time right yeah yeah, mean yeah. Girls was kind of after yep Jawbreaker's the one that lands in this so i didn't have that just yeah. by virtue of i hadn't seen heathers mm. and i and i feel like i discovered <laughs> heathers from like the rolling stone pull quote from the box art of, of jawbreaker yeah <laughs> oh my god really? well, i think That's it said funny. the best teen film since heathers, since heathers from yeah. peter travels from the rolling stones stone and i think that got me to go rent heathers nice. so i mean it just sort of set me on this like little gay journey of like teen <laughs> movies i remember seeing heathers but i know it was after jawbreak yeah. i don't remember when i saw heathers yeah, actually yeah. but i know it was after yeah and it's like you know it's it's an easy you know it's an easy comparison, but ultimately, if you actually sit down and watch the two of them, it's like you know they couldn't be more different. But yeah, um, they and they each have their own their own mm-hmm. merits in that like kooky, fucked up like high yeah. school way. But. And I know that Darren has you know major respect and love for oh, yeah, Heather's and all of that, and so that's woven in. But I but mm-hmm. I I definitely think it's his own. It totally stands mm-hmm. on its own. Yeah. two legs. You know? And when you you know this movie is full of you know references and respect for other movies but it's just so, you know there's never, so much other things that are in there it never beats you over the head with anything yeah no so, yeah but it all but it does feel like somebody who grew up on john waters and rocky horror and you know those kooky you know fringe movies mm-hmm. that yes. you know queer people gravitate towards and it just it has an obvious reference to that style of movie making and and um and it's kind of like taking its place kind of it. like a weird russ myers movie for teenagers <laughs> Yeah. Like very like faster, faster like <laughs> pussycat, like yeah. pussycat kill kill. <laughs> Just like the styling of these of these girls. I don't know how great is that. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. really been done since necessarily. Yeah, I don't know. Not really. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Just in uh, uh, that one scene in Pee Wee's Big Holiday. Sure, he played. Just still yeah. did not seen. 
it's I mean I I love I like that scene yeah I like that scene of it though that one scene is really mm-hmm. cool. They do a really fun Faster Pussycat kind of homage uh, in it with the, the styling of these three girls. And one of them is Alia Shawkat. So it's, it's pretty cool. I love her. Yeah, I love her. So, um, But yeah, I feel like a lot of movies – I don't know. If, are, I don't know if teen movies are, are playing it safe now and uh, with – not wanting to go too far over the line, but I feel like this is you know this is one of the last times that like filmmakers were just like you could just go, just do it, and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. yeah. they kind of feel like in the nineties it felt like teen movies were movies totally made for adults oh, yeah. about yeah. teens, and now teen movies are mm. for children, yes. and teens are actually online and social media, <laughs> or so, and watching Euphoria. no, you're right, yeah. Yeah, I'm watching. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Like actual teen movies that are made today, like the Netflix kind of stuff. Those kids. are those are for kids. Yeah, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like you know, when I I saw Scream at like same, <laughs> yeah, which is probably looking back like in a like a bit inappropriate. Like yeah. I think that 90s teen movies they were always kind of they were super rated R, mm-hmm. but I was watching them as a kid. It was yeah. just sort of everybody was. It was yeah. I mean, that's kind of like the idea, you know, with this show, too. It's like a lot of these movies were things that – I mean, this one was ostensibly made for us. But a lot of the movies that we touch on on this show Mm -hmm. are movies that were not necessarily made for little boys to fall in love with, but we just did, you know? Yeah. (laughs) We just fell in love with these movies about, like, these awesome women that Mm -hmm. (laughs) we were just like – I don't know. I mean, the movie, like the movie of my childhood, to me, and like in that manner, is Carrie. Ironically, that you brought it up with this one, but Mm -hmm. I think I first saw Carrie when I was like eight, seven, or eight, like really little, and you know, I could go on and on and on as to why, but yeah, it was one of those movies that just it tapped into everything that was other about me and felt kind of outside, and yeah, it's kind of amazing. So, where does Courtney sort of stack up for? movie bad girls <laughs> i mean she's definitely one of my favorites that we've covered on the show i think she's one of the sickest yeah mm-hmm. she's really like yeah i mean i think one of one of my favorite like uh discussions with courtney is when she's kind of it's fern's first day as violet and she's kind of explaining the way they do things and all of that and she was just like well, it's not like we kill people and purpose. then they all look oh. at each other like, oh, shit, just on purpose. And just like <laughs> the tragic end of Courtney is stoning by corsage. <laughs> like that is some gay ass shit and right that there. shot. Uh, I mean, of her slow motion falling apart. It's just everything. And uh, kind of Rose as an actress knows to go there that we really have to show this woman ugly. Yeah. Like we have to show her like what's inside of Courtney in this moment. <laughs> Like, it's genius. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was someone's job to go around and check all of those corsages and make sure there were no pins in them. It had to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, it had to be. You're right. Because <laughs> I'm like, right. all those corsages, you better, be, you better be sure they're not throwing them with full-on pins. And I hope she didn't cross anybody too bad and they didn't just act just like shove, <laughs> shove a pin in their corsage before they threw it at her. <laughs> this this one's gonna get her. This is for you, Rose. I remember. Right, I remember right? the um, screening that we were at. That Judy Greer did the Q and A. Somebody asked her about Rose, and you could tell Judy Greer just sort of had this look on her face of that, like, I really don't want to talk about Rose because she kind of scares the shit out of me. <laughs> and she yeah. said that very much informed the character of making I the movie. Mm-hmm. 
that I was kind of scared shitless of Rose McGowan as I was making this movie. I mean, yeah, and it, maybe that's why why it's so palpable on screen. Yeah, the intimidation of Courtney Shane. Yeah, I mean, I, I at the time then, even now, I feel like with Rose, I would just like not handle her with kid gloves, but I feel like I would kind of <laughs> defer to her and just be like, all right, you know, you know what. You know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the ending of Jawbreaker 2, just to go back to that mm-hmm. shot you're talking about when she's falling apart yeah. and you know the, being pelted by Corsage, it's such a like, it's such a karmic kind of moral ending. Yeah, that, you know, and it's kind of the movie letting you know, like, okay, so this really the hero of the movie. Let's be honest, we all watch it for Courtney. Yeah, <laughs> it's like at the end of the day, she's still gonna get her comeuppance. Yes. Yeah. but it's not really like anybody has a victory. Like, sure, Julie outs her but it's not really it's not even like a mean girls ending where it's like you know they all learn something good (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. literally just like the bitch is taken down the case closed Mm -hmm. that's it (laughs) yeah totally you know and it's almost better that we don't you know, we don't see her let away in handcuffs yeah. or like yeah. shaking the bars you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. like six months later, you know, it's just it's that super gay Although ass. I do have to see I do have to say I do kinda of wanna see a women's prison movie with Courtney in jail. <laughs> Why doesn't he do a sequel? I kind of want to see be. that. I want to see like a ladies behind bars of like yes. Rose in prison. Oh my God. Like an old Russ Meyer yeah. Yeah. Like prison movie, but it's a Jawbreaker sequel. 25. I love it. There we go. Let's pitch it. Darren, Let's- get him on the phone. Just like, <laughs> like the Lady Gaga telephone, like uh, Coke cans, oh like curlers. <laughs> I mean, she'd be she'd I mean, be running would run the prison. That's right? what, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. She'd be running the hell out of that cell block. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> she'd be the queen, the Courtney Shane women's prison movie. <laughs> yeah, I I'm here for it. Yeah, let's do it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. One one last thing we when we talked about Fern getting pelted, you know, when she was outed as like, uh, did it Fern. say who who is Violet? Was that the what the yes. thing said? But it's a picture of Fern. And yes. everybody's just like screaming at her. It's like ah, Fern Mayo. It's just Fern Mayo. <laughs> but it's like you were. You guys were the ones that were all about her. You guys were the ones that were like, it's mm-hmm. all about Violet. It's like, well, you're the idiots. You're the dummies. <laughs> it's like it's so weird. I like you know? just this big grift that's been on all of the teachers of just like, well, where is Fern? <laughs> yeah, I know. I love that nobody. And it's like a name change. This whole thing. I know it's so great. It's none, so, yeah, it's so silly. I love none, it. None of the teachers were just like, "Oh, hi, Fern." No, I mean, but it also shows like it just shows like okay, so you dyed her hair blonde and gave her some new outfits, and yeah. like everyone knew Fern, and now everyone knows Violet, and yeah. one's great and one's not. I don't know. It's it's actually kind of true of like high school bullshit in many ways. You know, yeah, and it is it is kind of funny to do the idea of the girl that is so uh forgettable that even the teachers are just like you in yeah. the class? Mm-hmm. Were you wait <laughs> like uh, it's just very uh, arrested development like, sure. uh, you know <laughs> under under her picture in the yearbook and, under her picture yeah. in the yearbook it says not pictured <laughs> just that forgettable but yeah but again that's just the 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 comedy of this movie the like heightened reality that heightened that, reality you know, that's a good one that yeah, we yeah, love yeah. It. yeah so i mean yeah this movie is amazing <laughs> i'm picturing like a really good club flyer of fern mail oh, yeah that needs to be a club fi- flyer that has to have been done once right at mm-hmm. this point somebody has to have 
No, maybe not. I mean, we can I, let's, let's when get we were at when we were at um, Queen Kong for the Jawbreaker night. There was a Violet drag queen there, okay. and there was also a Courtney drag queen. It was uh, Joni Reinhardt, I think. She did the end prom look. Okay, yeah. I want to do Carol Kane's end prom. Oh um, I do drag. That's- <laughs> That would be absolutely uh, a a sight to see. (laughs) I love it. We'll we'll post a picture of the post a picture of Joni Reinhardt. She had a really good Courtney Shane prom look. Yeah, we'll post it on our our IG. But um, man, this movie's so much fun to talk about. Yeah, this movie's great. I I feel like we could talk about it all day. Uh, Thomas, this has been a lot of fun. Talking this about has this been movie. a joy. Thank yeah, you so much. Thank for you coming so much for coming. Show. Yeah. Um, thank you for having. So, what have you been up to these days, work wise? What do you have coming up? I got lots of stuff going on. I have a TV show called Swimming with Sharks um, that I'm really excited about. It's Diane Kruger and Kiernan Shipka wow. and Donald Sutherland and Finn Jones and what a cast. all those great people. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Kathleen Robertson from Greg oh, Rocky. Yeah. Uh, she wrote. And created it, and obviously it's um, based on the movie from the 90s, Mm -hmm. Swimming with Sharks, inspired by, I should say. So that comes out on Roku, uh, the top of April, and we premiere at South by Southwest in March, which is very fun, because I love it there. I I have a movie coming out in the fall called Little Dixie. Um, I have an EP coming out this Tuesday called Rescuer. Love it. Um, And I'm gearing up to make another movie. To make one to, that I wrote and will direct. Wow, That's what great. I got, but that I can't talk about. Booked and blessed. Love it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Booked and blessed. Well, that sounds awesome. We'll we'll have our eye out for all of that stuff. Especially, mm-hmm. we're super excited for sw- Swimming with Sharks. We love Kathleen Robertson. I and think you'll love it. Kind okay. of also like Swimming with Sharks. Like, what a great time and just sort of the post-Me Too, like, <laughs> examining subject matter like being abused at work. Like, yes, yeah. I mean, all, like, what a yeah, great time yeah. for a, a show like that. Yes, and particularly that it's kind of with two women at its at its center, you know, yeah. and kind of looking at how that works in that space, which is interesting. Yeah, that's so cool. We're very excited for that. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I hope you like it. I'm I'm a I am a catty catty bitch. So. <laughs> I love that. And what's that going to be on? April, very beginning of April. On Roku. Roku, okay, sure. Awesome. Awesome. All right, man. Well, this was great. We would love to this have you on. This was a pleasure. Oh, thank you so much. We'd love to have you on again for something. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to set something up. Anytime. Awesome. Keep up the fabulous work. Awesome. Well, we're going to play you out with our awesome uh, theme music. But until we see you again, thank you again, and we'll see you next time. And thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Another good episode. Yeah, this Love is this great. Movie. Thanks again to Thomas Decker mm-hmm. for coming on our show. I was kind. Of, I remember being gagged when he followed us. Yeah, and just being like, "Oh my god, Tom, Pete Thomas Decker just followed us." I love him. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. Mm-hmm. That was a gag, and now he's here <laughs> on our show. But um. That was extra cool. Thanks for listening, everybody. We have some fun uh, Patreon shout outs. Some Patreon shout outs, and we have a couple of new patrons. 
Oh, this is always so exciting. We would love to say a big thank you so much and hello to our wonderful patrons, Melanie and Christopher and Russ. I think you guys are the new ones. And Seth and Alberto, Esperanza, Nicole, Susan, Barry, JJ, Leighton, Shelby, Michael, Charlie, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Don, Josh, Emily, Aaron, Melinda and Jim, Jessica, Nick and Shannon, Christine and Rufino. Oh, goodness. Mm. Thank you so much for being patrons. Yeah. Head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay for all of our additional content, including our watch with us commentaries. Our 18, 19? I don't know. We're getting up 20? there. 20? We've yeah. got a lot of commentaries on there for you to watch. Those are bonus episodes. You can sync up the commentary MP3 track with the movie. You can either watch it with the movie or you can just listen to it in your car. You just listen to it in the car with that yeah. movie. You can mm-hmm. kind of hear it in the background. And uh, it's just uh, get us giving our sparkling commentary on these fun movies. A lot of horror movies in yeah. our in our commentary tracks. Lots of fun. And uh, we also have behind the scenes pictures and photos, pictures and photos, and playlists, seasonal playlists, things like that, newsletters, all that fun stuff in the Patreon. So go over and check it out. If you want to just do a one-time donation Mm -hmm. uh, for one month, if you drop 10 bucks, you can listen to all the commentaries you want in that 30 days. We appreciate all of it. And then just cancel after a month. And it's totally appreciated and loved. We know times are tough, so whatever you can... uh, Afford is wonderful. We thank you so much for contributing. All the money goes directly back into keeping the show afloat and keeping it on the air for all of you guys and weekly uh, and ad free, I must say. And uh, yeah, patreon.com mm-hmm. moves. I mean, it's gay. We'd also love it if you would rate and review us. You can now rate our show on uh, Patreon. Oh, yeah, that's right. Not Patreon. Patreon. Uh, uh, Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> we were both saying it. Mm-hmm. You can now rate our show on Spotify. Spotify has a rating system for podcasts now. So give us five stars mm-hmm. on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. Uh, all you got to do on Spotify, you actually have to listen to uh, at least like 10 minutes of an episode in order to do it. If you don't, they won't let you. But Apple Podcasts, just go over, mm-hmm. hit those five stars, mash them up. It helps us uh, it helps us to get seen, helps the word get yeah. out. So, yeah. Those mysterious algorithms. Yes. Oh, and reviews. You guys, yeah, write us, us a, review. a review. We haven't had a review in a while. I want to we'll read a read review it. on the show. Mm-hmm. So do that. And um, like us on any and all of the social media platforms. We're on all of them. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Movies That Made Us Gay. And we are on Twitter at MTMUG Pod. Yes, indeed. So go over and follow us there. We interact a lot with our uh, listeners and our um, social media friends. You can also follow us, uh, us personally if you care to. My name is Pete. I am at Peter Lasagna at, on Instagram and uh, Twitter. I'm Scott Youngballer on Instagram and follow my letterbox. Yes, indeed. So this was another great episode. Mm-hmm. Season four, off to a bang. We're getting to some really fun movies. Sweet. I'm super excited. Mm-hmm. We will see you next week, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.